there are a lot of questions that surround the topic of masterminds. What are they, and how do you get one started? I'm going to answer those questions and more on today's show. Boy Sweeney, this one's for you. Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today I'm going solo to talk about a topic that I get asked about quite often, mastermind. A couple of weeks ago, I sent out an email to my newsletter list and asked for feedback and suggestions for topics to cover on the podcast. I received several suggestions, and I will cover all of the topics submitted in upcoming shows, but the topic of masterminds won the Pareto chart battle. So let's get into this. I'm going to start with the most basic question of all. What is a mastermind? And quite frankly, if you were to ask 10 different people to define a mastermind, you're probably going to get 10 different answers. But for me, I always will refer back to the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill when someone asks me for a definition of what is a mastermind. You see, written back in 1937 as a personal development and self-improvement book, Think and Grow Rich is actually much more than a book on the secrets of how to gain wealth. It's really a philosophy. It's a philosophy that can be used to help people succeed in all lines of work. The book consists of 13 principles for personal achievement, one of which is the power of the mastermind. According to Mr. Hill, a mastermind occurs when a group of individual brains are coordinated and function in harmony, and the increased energy through that alliance then becomes available to every individual brain in the group. Or, said another way, it's kind of like brainstorming on steroids. Everyone in the group becomes focused on a single purpose. One idea fuels engagement from another mastermind member, and before you know it, all the members of the group are functioning in perfect harmony, working to solve or resolve the challenge at hand. Now, when this happens, Claudia Altucher might say that the idea machine in the room is running at full capacity. And this, my friends, is the power of the mastermind, surrounding yourself with a group of like-minded individuals for advice, counsel, and cooperation around a single purpose. Now, my single purpose is to educate and elevate the personal brands and online reputations of career-minded professionals so they get recognized for their expertise and they become an authority in their niche. Or, as I like to say, they become the Google of their niche. Everyone who enters a mastermind enters with an abundance mindset. They're aligned and they're committed to helping each other grow both personally and professionally in order to achieve their single definite purpose. Now, that all sounds great, but the real question at this point becomes, once we know what a mastermind is, is how do you get one started? Getting your mastermind started is the question that everybody wants to know the answer to. And frankly, to be honest with you, it's really quite simple. It's just unfortunately not easy. Most people who ask this question are actually looking for tactics. How do you run your meetings? How often do you meet? What is the structure you're going to use? And these are all great questions and I'll cover each of them in the following minutes. However, these questions all leave out the most important part of the mastermind, which is the people who will participate in it. Jim Rohn once said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, if you're thinking about masterminds mentally, 
you might be ready to participate in one, but you have to ask yourself, who do you spend the most time with today? Are those people aligned with your single definite purpose? Odds are they're not. So keep in mind that the people that you hang out with at your current job or in your current walk of life, they all know the same things that you do, which is something that David Fisher pointed out to us during our discussion. So if you want to learn new stuff or you want to move in a different direction and move your single definite purpose ahead, you're going to need to hang out with new people. Take me, for example. Four years ago, I spent most of my spare time playing video games. Can you guess how many of the five people I was hanging out with then also played video games? Now, I'm not telling you that in order to join a mastermind, you're going to have to abandon all of your current friends. But if you want to move forward to achieve your goals, you may need to find other like-minded people to spend your time with. So the question becomes, how do you find like-minded people to form a mastermind group? Well, here's a few suggestions that I can offer. First, you could attend local meetups. Do a search on meetup.com or even Facebook now to find any meetups that may be happening in your area. You see, anyone can attend these meetups. You do not need an invitation. So find some that you're interested in, go to them, take the time to meet and speak with as many individuals as you can. And before you go, Madeline Scalar would remind us to make sure you take with you your business cards. The second way that you might be able to find like-minded individuals for your mastermind is to actually host a meetup. So let's say that there's no scheduled meetups in your local area. You may need to consider hosting your own. You can use LinkedIn, for example, to find people in your local area and reach out to them individually. Or again, you can go back to meetup.com or even Facebook and schedule your own event and post it for other people to find and join in. Just remember, as the host, you need to make sure that you're adding value with these events. I suggest that you have an agenda before each and every meetup. And if possible, you have a scheduled presentation on a particular topic. And the reason I suggest an agenda and a topic to present on is because, believe me, there's nothing worse than attending a meetup under one pretense only to have it turn into just a big drinking party. So make sure you have an agenda and if possible, have someone or you present on a specific topic. That way you'll make sure that you're adding value to anybody who attends and they will increase the likelihood that they'll want to come back. Now, another way that you can find like-minded people is to attend a conference. I've talked about conferences many times. Madeline Scalar and I actually had a whole session on attending conferences. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of attending conferences. And frankly, this is how I've met all of the people who've been in my mastermind groups. And if you think about it, there's really no better way to find people than to go to a conference because typically those are very specialized events. So use the opportunity of a conference to meet people talk to others, and learn about their interests. Another way to find like-minded people is to start getting social. And what I mean by that is social media, of course. So if you don't have a Twitter account, and John Sparks would definitely not approve of you not having a Twitter account, go and sign up for one today and take advantage of Twitter's advanced search functionalities. Narrow down your search to users in your particular area or subject matter or in your niche. Engage with different people because what you'll find in social media is that people who are on these networks, they tend to be willing to share information. And so you can use this to your advantage. You can share back and you can add value to the conversations. And if the timing is right, and if you both feel that it's right, the topic of a mastermind will probably come up naturally on its own. Another way to find some like-minded individuals is to join an online community. 
I mean, online communities are definitely niche and can be a great way for you to find other people who might be interested in joining a mastermind group. I'm in one right now. And in fact, there's even a topic in the forum that says anybody interested in joining a mastermind group. I mean, how much more direct does does that need to be? Pretty clear, the person who started that thread is looking for other people to join in in a mastermind group. And I'm sure if you join other online communities, you'll see or find the same thing. And then, of course, the last way that you can find people who would be interested in joining a mastermind group with you is to network, network, network. Just as Linda Spiegel pointed out during our conversation, networking is key. Reach out to people that you know who are doing or talking about the the subject that you're interested in. Offer them something of value. Start the conversation, and you may find that after a period of back and forth that you both have similar interests and that would be beneficial for both of you to join up together to form a mastermind. Now, before I move on to tactics of how you actually run a mastermind, I want to offer you a caution as you're looking for people to join your mastermind. Don't force your mastermind into existence. Forcing a mastermind to happen is not going to cause the collective brains in the room to be coordinated or function in perfect harmony. In fact, if you get the wrong people in the room, you will find your mastermind will dissolve very quickly. So take the time to find the right people. It's going to take you a little bit of time to do it. You can use one of the methods that I just described to find them. But once you find someone that you think you have interest with, don't just immediately say, hey, I want to be in a mastermind with you. Take time to build up a rapport. Take time to build up a relationship. And what you'll find is when you do that, you'll get the right people who will all be aligned around helping each other grow both personally and professionally. So now that you've found some people using some of the steps above and you all have agreed that you want to form a mastermind, where do you go next? Well, believe it or not, the next place you go is you need to set up guidelines. Once you've found your mastermind partners, you're going to want to get started right away. And I encourage you to do this. You need to strike while the iron is hot because, frankly, the more time that passes between the suggestion of forming a mastermind and the action that you take for it to begin, it's more likely that your mastermind idea is going to fizzle out. So you need to strike while the iron's hot. Both of my masterminds, for example, started within two weeks of the initial idea. Now, what did we do during those two weeks? Well, we prepared and we created guidelines. And believe me, I can hear you already. You're saying in your mind, guidelines? What? Are you kidding me? This is a mastermind. This isn't a corporation. Well, you're right, and I agree. But frankly, in order for your mastermind to work, you're going to need some guidelines. Because without agreement and adherence to the guidelines, your mastermind is going to fizzle out. The guidelines are meant to hold the group accountable, not constrain it. And so here are some actual guidelines that I've used in my mastermind groups. Number one, you have to define a time to meet. It's critical to set aside a specific time each and every week that the group is going to get together. Accountability is a key tenet of any mastermind. By setting aside a specific time each week for your group to meet, you are creating accountability. So I'm often asked, how frequently should we meet? Frequency depends on your group, the number of people in it, and frankly, how serious you are about it. I personally recommend if you're going to do a mastermind group, you need to meet every week. However, keep in mind that the more people you have in your group, it's going to become more difficult to coordinate a schedule for everyone. So whether you try to find a time that works for everybody or you just have to pick one and see who can adjust to it, whichever way you go, once you've set that time, once you've set that date, that cadence, you need to stick with it. 
So for example, the guideline that we wrote out from one of my masterminds specifically states, each meeting will be held on Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for 60 minutes. Note, the meeting may last longer as long as all members agree and all members can stay on the call. The second guideline that I use in my mastermind, and this is, this is going to sound silly when I say it, but you have to have respect for the mastermind group members. And what I mean by respect for the other mastermind group members is really respect for their time because it's important. Right, The best way to demonstrate your respect, for example, for your other mastermind members is to show up on time. Don't show up late. I know and understand that life happens. Unexpected things can do and will pop up. And when they do, it's important for you to communicate this with your fellow members. So for example, our guideline in my mastermind simply states that it is expected that each member will be present and on time for each meeting. If someone cannot attend, they're going to send an email to me as the coordinator ahead of time. And alternatively, if they can't send an email for some reason, they can send out a tweet to everybody in the group, letting all group members know that they're not going to make it. It's just simple respect for each other. We don't want to have the mastermind delayed, or we don't want to have everybody waiting around for someone else. So if you can't make it, let people know you won't be there. Now, for the members who can't make it, I do recommend when that happens, and it will, hopefully they're telling you in advance, record the meeting somehow so that they, you can send it to them afterwards. They can listen to it, and they'll be ready and prepared for the next meeting. And while we're talking about respect for each team member, you might want to consider adding the number of acceptable absences any member can have before you might ask them to leave the group. It doesn't do anybody any good if all the group members are not fully present and not fully participating. They have to be there. They have to tell you you're going to be there. And if they're showing up late all the time or they're absent all the time, then it shows you that they don't have respect for the mastermind. They don't have respect for the other members and they're just not serious about the process. So I would consider at this point in time thinking about an acceptable number of absences before you ask someone to leave. The third guideline we set down was participation because let's face it, masterminds simply do not, will not work if only one person participates. If you're not participating, you can't add value and you may as well not even be in the mastermind. So R simply says, Everyone will have an opportunity to speak within the framework of the group, and it works best if each member participates fully. Guideline number four, support, not criticism. Now, this should be obvious, but it does help to be reminded. If you pick the right members for your group, this one is really more academic, but we include it anyway. And so our guideline for this one is everybody is here to support each other. Please keep in mind that there will be constructive criticism that's given during each mastermind session, but there should be no putting down or criticism of other group members. It should be an open and positive experience for all. And this is something that you need to watch with some of your members once you get started, because you will go through the team formation, the storming, norming, forming phases of building a team. And at the beginning, you may find that some people have personalities that don't jive. You're going to need to work through those quickly. Because if you don't, they will spread out to your other team members and it can ruin your mastermind very fast. So make sure everybody understands when they're on the hot seat, and we'll talk about what I mean when I say that here in a minute, when they're on the hot seat, they are going to get constructive criticism, but that criticism should be positive and designed to help the person, not put the person down. Which leads us to our fifth guideline, which is simply positivity. Like support, it's important to keep everything positive. There's going to be times when you yourself will feel down. You're going to feel depressed about your progress, and that's okay. It's part of growing personally and professionally. 
So when you sense another team member is in this funk, don't feed the fire. Remain positive. So our guideline simply says, it's important to note the mastermind is not just for advice. It becomes a positive place where we can manifest our goals with the group. Every person makes it their intention to support the individual goals and help manifest them. Now, the last guideline that we set is simply called Vegas, baby. And it should be obvious what that means. But just like in Vegas, anything that we discuss within a mastermind group has to stay within the mastermind group. You will talk about things and you will bring up emotions and you'll tell people that you feel like an imposter and that you're struggling with X or with Y. And what you say in that group, it needs to stay within that group. So remember, it's just like Vegas, baby. You're going to become a family and you don't need to tell anybody else about the things that you talk about in there. If you do, your mastermind will not work long term. Now, we've got our guidelines in place. Now we're actually ready to run our first meeting. So it's time now to get tactical. What do we do when we hold that first meeting? So how do you conduct your mastermind? Well, conducting your mastermind will be rough initially, but... I promise you, it's going to become more natural over time. And your initial success, frankly, is going to be dependent on how well people follow the guidelines that you've established and, of course, the participation from everybody inside the mastermind. Now, one of your first decisions you're going to have to make as you start to conduct your meetings is where are you going to hold the mastermind? Now, obviously, if all of your members are local, you might be able to hold it in a local facility, maybe a coffee shop or a co-working space. However, not all of us have that luxury. And so what you'll probably have to do, and the vast majority of the people that I know are in masterminds do this, you're going to have to do it online. And so here are a few suggestions of some technologies that you can use to facilitate holding your mastermind online. Google Hangouts, Fuse, or other webinar-like platforms. Just be careful on some of these because they can be limited on the number of people. Whichever platform you choose, what I would do is suggest that that you pay attention to a couple of things. One, you want to be able to see all the members of the group if you can do it. Two, you want to be able to have the ability to share documents and share your screen. Now, Google Hangouts allows that. Fuse and some of the other webinar platforms like GoToMeeting, they allow you to do that as well. Uh, Just make sure that you can do those things because it's important, I think, if you're long distance to be able to see the people. Now, which one you choose, it's really a preference of the group. I have no preference over which one you use. I've used both Google Hangouts and Fuse. It just depends on the team. Just make sure what what everybody wants to use, everybody's comfortable with using. So now, as you get your meetings started, in order for you to keep on point and be respectful, as I was talking about earlier, you're going to need an agenda. I also recommend that before you start your meeting, you assign a scribe, someone who's going to take notes, and you assign someone who's going to host the meeting. As the organizer of the mastermind, you're probably going to need to be the host for the very first meeting. You'll find out later, I like to have that rote, the host rotate, so everybody gets used to running the software that you're using, and then also you're, they're not dependent upon you to do it every single time. So once you have your host and your scribe, it's time to get the meeting started, and here's quickly at a high level what an agenda will look like. The agendas for the masterminds I'm in consist of the following five sections. First of all, there's a welcome section. Then we talk about the wins of the week. Then there's a hot seat section. Then there's a final question. And then we finish up with goals for the coming week. Now, the timing that you allow for each of these sections will depend on the number of team members you have. More team members may mean less time for certain sections. However, I would caution you to not shorten the time of the hot seat section because 
That's where the collective brains come together in harmony to help work out or solve or resolve a particular challenge. So unless the person on the hot seat agrees in advance, try to keep the allotted time for the hot seat kind of sacred within your group. Don't change it unless everybody agrees. So if I go back and I look at each section individually, we allow five minutes for the welcome portion of the agenda. In this five minutes, it's typically casual chit-chat. This is the time that you talk about your non-mastermind stuff, cool stuff that you did or learned this past week, crazy things that your children did or your spouse did. You get five minutes to basically catch up with everybody and what they've been doing through the course of the week. Once the five-minute period has passed, we moved into the next section, which is the wins for the week. And right now, my group, we allow 20 minutes for this section, and it is exactly what it sounds like. We go through each member, and they state what their wins were for the previous week. Did you get your blog post out on time? Did you get your podcast out on time? Did you update your about page? Whatever it was that you committed to doing in the course of the week prior to the mastermind, you get to talk about those wins. Whatever that win might be, this is your time to share it. And when we get to the wins of the week, I do recommend also that we have a timekeeper. And this person will, as it sounds, keep track of the time to make sure that we keep the mastermind moving along. I would recommend that they use an automated system such as onlinestopwatch.com. So you just set it as you get started, let it go for 20 minutes. And then after that timer runs down, there's an audible sound that everybody on the call will be able to hear and everyone will know that it's time to move on. The next section in the mastermind meeting is the hot seat. This is a 15 minute section that is dedicated to one member. It's a weekly rotating, metaphorically speaking, seat in which one member's business challenges or issues will all be reviewed by the team. So this is the point where all the collective brains get together and they begin to work on solving or resolving whatever the issue or challenge is of their fellow teammate. And I have found this portion to be the most effective if everyone knows in advance what they're going to be reviewing. So if you are on the hot seat, you need to tell your fellow masterminders what it is that you need help or their input on before you come to the meeting. In this way, it allows them to prepare some answers in advance. If you just spring on them during your 15 minutes what your issue is, they don't have any time to think about it. They don't have any time to reflect on it. And in the brainstorming portion, when the brains come together collectively, is going to take longer to, to achieve. In fact, you may not even achieve it in the 15 minutes. So be respectful of your fellow group members. Tell them in advance what you're going to be reviewing so that they can prepare and have their ideas ready and waiting for you. As the person on the hot seat, this is where you're going to hear the constructive criticism. You need to make sure that during this portion of the meeting, you are listening. And I mean actively listening. You're going to, at some point, you may feel defensive about something that someone says, but remember that your mastermind group is there to help you, to help you grow personally and professionally. And sometimes that means that you're going to hear things that you may not want to hear, but they're the right things because you're going to take it all in with an abundant, abundance mindset and you're going to be better off for it later. As an example, one of the first hot seats I participated in in my first mastermind, I gave the group my prototype for the personal branding blueprint, the very first video in the series. And I allowed them to listen to it and, provide, and the goal was they were going to provide me feedback on it during my hot seat. And the very first question one of the people in the group asked me was, why aren't you on camera? You see, I had, I had just done what I'm doing now. I, I just recorded audio with moving slides, kind of like a webinar where you don't actually see the person. 
And I, that, that is the course I was going to put out. And they all challenged me and said, Ryan, it's a personal branding course. You need to be the face of the course. You have to show your person. And so while that was very difficult for me to take because I'd never been in front of a camera before and frankly didn't even know what I was supposed to do with that information or how I would make that a video-based course, I took in what they said and it just happened that in the next section that we'll talk about here in a minute during the final question, there was someone who could specifically help me overcome the issues I was having with, okay, if I'm going to be on video, I don't know how to do that. And that's the beauty of the hot seat. If I would have gotten defensive about that and tried to say, no, 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 it needs to be just audio only, I wouldn't have made the course that I made. It wouldn't have been as good as it turned out to be. And so taking that constructive criticism in helped me make a better course, which brings us to the second to last section of the mastermind meeting, which is a final question. And we allow 10 minutes for this. So during the course of the mastermind, it probably will become obvious that something that's being suggested is beyond the capabilities of the person in the hot seat. As I just suggested, my members wanted me to do a video with me in front of a camera, and I did not know how to do that. So this section, this 10 minutes, this final question allows someone in the group to volunteer to help that person resolve their issue. And as it happened for me, there was someone in the group who was also already making a video course. And so he volunteered to actually help walk me through those steps to actually be able to do that. Now, this did two things for me. One, it made me feel much more comfortable about the process moving forward. And it made me think, okay, I can actually do this because I know I have the support of this team member. So this final question is important to identify who can help the person in the hot seat with their issue. Now, I will note if the person in the hot seat chooses not to do the final question, maybe you're in a very deep discussion about the actual challenge that you're trying to resolve within the hot seat time frame. you can reduce the time of the final question to give more time to the actual hot seat section if you want to. That's up to the person in the hot seat. It's not up to the rest of the team. If they want to forfeit their last question time in order to spend more time dedicated to the challenge or issue, that's up to them, but they need to decide that. And then that brings us to the last section or the the last portion of the meeting, which we allocate 10 minutes to, which is to state your goals for the next week. And just as we stated our wins at the beginning of the meeting, at the end of the meeting, you have a chance to state your goals for the upcoming week. And it does rotate. Everybody gets a chance to say, this is what my goals are going to be. And the scribe captures all those goals in the notes. And then all of this gets sent out to every member of the group after the meeting is over. So that's it. Everything I know about starting, running, and participating in a mastermind. Now, I've been fortunate enough to be in two mastermind groups as I started down my current path. And believe me when I tell you, they have helped shape my thinking, my single definite purpose, and frankly, me as a person, both personally and professionally. And I promise you, if you pick the right members, they will become a part of your family. Just like for me, Steve Stewart, Dustin Hartzler, Joseph Michael, Brandon Heavey, and Michael Farron have become. And I want the same thing for you. I want you to get involved with a mastermind group yourself. And I know if you follow the steps that I've outlined in this podcast, you will find yourself involved in a successful mastermind group. And to help ensure that you get started, I've created a downloadable mastermind agenda for you to use with your first mastermind. So if you head on over to ryanroten.com forward slash mastermind agenda, you'll be able to download the exact agenda that I use with all of my mastermind groups. 
So good luck getting started. If you have any questions, please leave a comment on the blog. I'll answer every question, and by keeping your comments on the blogs, other people will be able to see the questions that have been asked and the answers that have been given. So thank you all for listening, and if you have any specific ideas for future shows, I'd love to hear them. Send me your suggestions via my contact page. The email goes directly to me, and like the comments for today's show, I will read each and every one. That's all the time we have left for today. So until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. This week's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roten, and the intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundrose.